Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 204, episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist! It's a production of iHeartRadio, and it's a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Of course, it is Thursday, September 30th, 2021, a.k.a. International Podcast Day. There it is. It's our day, Miles. Thank you. We did it. This is. We did it. We did it, Joe. Yeah, I I could totally picture one of my parents sending me a text message on this day, just being like, "Look, I know you must be super busy on International po- Podcast <laughs> Day, uh, but I just want to like let you know we're right. We're celebrating. We're celebrating over here. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka I said maybe." My cum's gonna be the thing that saves me Cause after all I've got massive balls That is courtesy of Warren the Werebear And I'm thrilled to be joined as always By my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray Oh, well, if you thought you could escape the crypto cum controversy And Nicki Minaj ball gate We'll prepare for this AK, which is what would you do on this summer at home? Crying on alone on the bedroom floor Cause your ball's big And the only way to relieve it is to Buy this weird topical spray that costs a little bit of money But your cobra gone COVID killed my cock now In and out of lockdown What's the price to come now? So for you, this is just a good time But for me, this is what I call life Ooh Oh wow. my god, Claudette Ortiz My biggest crush on my life from City High yeah, shout out to Locker Running for that wonderful What Would You Do inspired AK. Oh. What would you do? I got to write that down because I've never heard that song, I don't think. But... Did you remember that from City High? No. What would you I... do if you're sitting down alone, crying on alone on the bedroom floor? Cause oh, okay, yeah, I do And the only that. way to feed him is to sleep with his man for a little bit of money because the daddy's gone. Okay, I think I do. I have heard that. Okay, good. Anyways, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed your rendition. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to, to be a sonic equivalent of Claudette. And ha- uh, happy International Podcast Day to you Thank as well, you so sir. much. Happy International Podcast Day to you as well. We are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a producer uh, of comedy and theater at the Twin Head Theater in Atlanta. She's the organizer of the annual Atlanta Fringe Festival. She is one of the hosts of the wildly entertaining podcast, Ridiculous Romance. Please welcome Diana Banks. Hey, I wish I had a song, but I did not prepare one. Hmm. Well, hey, happy one. International Podcast Day to you, first yeah. and foremost. Thank you. You know. Thank you. I feel Should we proud. sing the official International Podcast Carol? What is it? Hmm. Uh, Lock the gates. Dump, dump, oh, dump, no. dump. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was me. Mail, mail, Kemp? <laughs> <laughs> that one part of that MailChimp commercial Man, that everyone's like, even... MailChimp? <laughs> doesn't even really make sense as a mispronunciation, but... No. Hey, that's how they got us to remember it. Do I use the service? Hell no. Mm. Diana, what's good? We, you were in Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. How is Atlanta these days? Beautiful. It's like the part of the year that the weather is absolutely perfect, and you're like, this is why I live here. And then probably in a couple of days, it'll be really hot and buggy again, and then it'll be cold, and but not snowy. So you just what's the what's roll. Atlanta's best season? Fall, for sure. Oh, That's really? Why everything, everything happens between Labor Day and Halloween, and then everybody <laughs> stays inside the rest of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so this is it. You're, you're in the thick of it right now. Oh, yeah. The, the good part. <laughs> okay. 
but the fringe festival I do is in the summertime and it's like so hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, why are you making me do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about the continuing negotiation happening in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, the pro- progressives are uh, refusing to budge. Nancy Pelosi is, you know, just very budge happy. She, you know, friction free. She just wants to let let it get her let done. it go, let it flow. Uh, we're going to talk about YouTube. Uh, finally, heard about uh, have you have you guys heard this that there's huh. vaccine misinformation on YouTube? Ooh, that so, doesn't sound like a thing. Yeah, breaking news on in the YouTube? YouTube headquarters, and they have finally decided to do something about it. Uh, we're also going to talk about another mega corporation by the name of Amazon. They are planning, uh, already have started in a couple cases, uh, some company towns, uh, which if you don't know the history of company towns in America, yeah, hold on to your butts. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, you know, it is that time of year again where we get a colorful map breaking down the United States by preferred candy, Halloween candy. Uh, so we'll check in with that. All of that, plenty more. But first, Diana, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Ooh, a lot of my search history is Helen Keller stuff right now, because that's our mm. next episode of uh, Ridiculous Romance. Ooh, but also, I did look up a lot of stuff about soaking. Have you... <laughs> oh boy around twitter <laughs> I, I almost did i i also had a soaking aka that i could have sang this morning but i oh. i wasn't sure how up on soaking everyone was. <laughs> wait are you serious you had a soaking AKA? yeah someone wrote a soaking aka because we it was there's something popped off on reddit and then on 90 day fiance there was a care there's a cast member who's mormon and then i started talking about uh soaking on that but go on uh please yeah. Diana, <laughs> enlighten enlighten the class well, soaking, as you do say, is a Mormon, I guess, a Mormon practice where they're trying to figure out how to have sex, like Mormon teens are trying to figure out how to have sex without offending God. And so they've decided what they can do is is put a penis in a vagina, but not move because it's the friction that is the sex part. Mm-hmm. Of course. So they just kind of sl- slide it in and, and hang out in there and <laughs> call it soaking. It must be fun for everybody. So yeah. <laughs> and then the reason I saw it was because someone was talking about jump pumping, which is mm-hmm. when two teens that are soaking will invite a friend over to jump on the bed so that they can get a little friction happening, but they are not doing it. So they're not actually sinning. That can't be true. I just, really? It was a viral. It was like a viral TikTok. But I think it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I believe I was like, it. I mean, first of all, that's a threesome, and second of all, yeah. God knows what you're doing. <laughs> you yeah. mission, like, God, I think once you breach the palace gates, I believe <laughs> God is upset at that point. I, I don't not, think it's a matter but, of how yeah. many times the battering ram is knocking on the gate. <laughs> all right, uh, I was like. I, maybe he's more offended, honestly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> anyway. you think I'm stupid. Not even right. do it right. Huh. <laughs> right. This was funny Man, because <laughs> pull the wool over my eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like speculating on 420 Day Fiance, like that with that idea. Remember, like those like vibrating massage beds? You'd put a quarter in, right? And you'd start shaking. Like, were those designed by Mormons? Right. Because so I was like, always a, a little pack? confused by that. That like, yeah, that that seems to add a lot of 
if you refuse to move yourself, then that would be useful. So yeah, maybe right. it is a SOCAC. <laughs> SOCAC. It's a strange if you do move normally in sex, why would you want a vibrating bed? Right. Like, wouldn't you off the yeah. It seems yeah. it seems strange. I yeah. Like I you know, especially if you're just normally having your friend come over to jump on the bed or like shake <laughs> you guys around a little bit. Why would yeah. you need a vibrating bed? And what does the friend do? Like, do you're like, hey, put these AirPods in. And right. Get, right. And they're like under the covers, I imagine, because they're Mormons. So probably yeah. have a all the way up to the, you know, their heads. Yeah. And then like, they, the friend's just jumping on the bed. Like, or is like the friend like a freak and he's just like, like bent over, like, like just over you, like jumping them down. Like, yeah, y'all are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for my first soak. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you, you have to imagine that a teenage friend around the age of uh, people who are engaging in soaking would be the last person you could trust to like be uh, discreet and uh, <laughs> not look <laughs> like that seems like they kind of all go together that be like no it's cool he's not gonna look he's not gonna look we're all right. good and then, and then like is it orgy like a bunch of people in a bounce house and then right. somebody <laughs> just wiling out jumping in there one soaking couple in the middle and everyone yeah. else oh that's that's called rough sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Mormon gangbang, I guess, or something. Wow. Yeah. Let us know the hacks. You know, if the, the what other soak hacks are there? Yeah. Just soaking for for days and days on the San Andreas fault line, just waiting for oh the, for the next earthquake for the big one to come. That's patience. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. If you're a soaking seismologist, let us know. I mean, in that case, God is actually the one doing the movement. Oh. So you could kind of. Yeah. I thought you wanted me to have sex. <laughs> right. If you didn't want me to have sex, then yeah. I, did see, I saw one comment about it that I was like, true, where they were like, but when, when, if, if it's the friction, when you put it in and then eventually, I assume, take it out, is that not one sex? One <laughs> right. have not had one I sex? will have one sex, please, sir. <laughs> yes. That does seem. Does that not count? Does the enter and exit part not count? I know. Yeah. That's that's what's funny. Like, what's the? I'm really. I would almost want to sit down with like a teenager who's telling you why it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like what? Like, show me what a pump looks like that you would say that's bad. (laughs) And then let me break (laughs) down for you that those movements are included in the soaking that you're doing. Yes. That's that's where I think. Yeah. You you and I should conduct an interview or something. Yeah. Yeah. As your then, attorney, I would uh, advise that you not do that. Yeah, I probably won't talk to underage people about sex acts uh, yeah. in any way. Yeah, sure. That, I'll take that. I'll take that advice this time. That's right. Exactly. Way to make sense. Yeah. I do wonder if any parent has ever like walked in on a soaking act and like had the couple like try to justify it to them. That would be we were being weird. perfectly still. Yeah, I'm praying with her mother. Go away. <laughs> I'm praying at the moment, please. Yes. What is something that you think is overrated, Diana? So many things, really. I, I would say sheet masks, if you know what I'm talking about, like a skincare product. Mm-hmm. The sheet masks that are in those little pouches. Yeah. You rip it and you pull it out and you kind of lay it on your face and you look like a weirdo. 
I hate them. I think they're like trending way too much. I think they're not useful. They drip all over you. They're not fun to wear. I don't understand them. Just <laughs> put a little bottle and do your face and let it quick, slowly tighten over time. <laughs> right. That's what I like to do. We've talked before on, on the show about those masks. I I have pitched them as a great mask for a stalker like slasher movie because they are yeah. truly terrifying. I've I've definitely been frightened by them uh, just walking into my bedroom and uh, my wife turns around and looks. Yeah, like it, it really does work as a like horrifying. Like if, if somebody walked in with one of those on, it would it would really yeah. terrify you. It reminds yeah. I vividly am reminded of like that scene in the cable guy where they go to medieval times. And Jim Carrey puts all the chicken skin on his face. And he's like, silence of the lambs. <laughs> uh, that or the other one, which is, what's that movie? The Brendan Fraser ba uh, baseball movie with Albert Brooks, where he's the pitcher. Uh, the Phenom or something. Yeah. Uh, and in that one, there's like a scene the where he rookie. puts a tortilla. Yeah, the rookie. That he actually, like, he puts a tortilla on his face. And that also reminds me of it. So, I, I don't know. Or the scout. It's the scout. The scowl. Yes. There we go. With that old Albert Tortillas Einstein. Good. Tortillas, that's what they kind of, because they're just kind of hanging off. They don't mold to your face yeah. or anything. And they look weird. When, one year, our theater company for a parade did Depression era Halloween costumes, which if you want to go on a weird Google image search, they're, so scary. they're literally like burlap sacks with holes in them. So they look so terrifying. And then like, few months later they were all on a plane doing one of those white face masks and did a little selfie and i was like you look exactly could have worn that for halloween <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> like a freshman era halloween terrifying costume right now yeah historical uh, halloween costumes just across the board are very oh frightening but yeah God. depression era in particular is it, holy they shit. Are so <laughs> yeah they remind me of um they're sort of the skincare equivalent of the michael myers mask which is mm -hmm. like you know, there's lots of like drama theory around, you know, you have the the like happy mask, the sad mask and then like the neutral mask and the neutral mask allows you to like project whatever is inside you like onto that mask, which is why Keanu Reeves is so successful is because he is a human <laughs> neutral mask. But yep. the yeah, they, it's just blankness that you can put project whatever horrors just, exist in your own yeah, mind but you can you can turn it up because they, they they print designs on them now for more fun mm. you know what i mean like i seen some where it'll be like a frog face or like a kabuki mask or some shit when i was in japan <laughs> there's like all kinds of graphic ones i think just to just to bring a little bit of fun to the face mask game yeah that makes it sound worse <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know I would love you the, I like the feeling. Would you see a kabuki mask turn around and that would be <laughs> more more comfortable? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to get used to it. I think the, the thing I identified the most with what you said was when it drips. like Because, yeah. like, you know, they're supposed to be, high, you know, very hydrated. But then I remember the last time I put one on, it just was kept going down my neck. And I was like, yeah, and I hated that feeling. And it, it feels awful. Yes. Yeah. And then I don't know. my A lot of my skincare concerns are around my jawline. And, they, okay. you know, like. Yeah, they don't mold your face. So no. I feel like I'm just like it's just hanging off and I'm just unhappy. <laughs> right. I don't feel like I'm taking care of myself at all. Well. Mm. What is something you think is underrated? Oh man, I had a hard time with this one actually. I'm still on uh depression era horror masks, by the way. 
What? You're still, still under pressure. Uh, I know. Costume, so <laughs> you'll have to uh, excuse me. It's just like, you're like Jack. He's like, I'm sorry. I haven't been listening this entire time. I'm still <laughs> looking at these masks. Like we're ending the show. They are good though. If you want a scary costume, just go back to history and get one of their weird, cheap yeah. things. You will look like a horror show. Like, oh yeah. Um, I think you know what's underrated what's is it? hanging out without having anything specific to do. I feel like, wow. lately, uh, you know, I'm in my 30s, so I feel like people have a harder time hanging out. So they're always like, well, let's get together and do something specific, dinner, a movie, a thing, whatever. And if you don't like I, I don't always have something on my mind that I want to do, but I'm like, there's people I want to spend time with. And I wish it was yeah, easy yeah. to just kind of be like, can we just like sit together quietly? I don't know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not have anything specific going on. We're just hanging out. Yeah, um, that's a great call. I really like that idea of like hanging out without an agenda. Cause I, when I look at how my relationships evolve, like from my twenties or teens into my thirties is like most of the time we were hanging out with no fucking agenda ever. And then there's this weird thing of getting older where like your time seems more precious and like things have to get done. But then some of the best times you have are just hanging out with somebody. They come over and you fucking do nothing. Maybe you look at fucking a couple of YouTube videos and yeah. laugh at some shit or whatever and then you're like damn that was that was great i didn't have to think of anything we could just be you know immature or just be in our in each other's company yeah totally and you have to like get a head count for a dinner reservation or whatever you know like just no plans i just want to see you you're my plans right. <laughs> i'm you're very bad at doing invite. that but i really want to get it together what's the plan <laughs> diana you what? are my plan. Okay, I'll take a You're the meal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna devour All right, I guess you. I'll adjust my invitation. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> what's on your face? Don't worry. <laughs> We're gonna have a great time. What are you yeah. projecting that's on my face? <laughs> what do you think is on my face? <laughs> yeah, agenda-free hangouts, you know, or no plan hangouts. I love that. Yeah, let's get it back. Because what was like, what would you do? Yeah, Jack, you know, like in your like, I feel like college, right, is truly I mean, aside from being like, we're going to drink or something. Yeah, yeah. there was still just like, what are you doing right now? Like, just chilling. They're like, all right, I'm gonna come through. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my house is dirty or something. Like, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Who cares? If you're a friend, you don't. I don't care what your house looks like. I don't like. think I've ever said that in my life. I like that. I love a world where I think about that too. <laughs> hey, my house is dirty. <laughs> I, I think that just reveals that your house is never as dirty as mine is because uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, look, I'll do a panic clean. Well, so I just gave right. up a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> we're all prone to a last minute cleanup uh, before somebody comes over. Right. Yeah. Well, this is why I miss having parties because having a party was such a great excuse to like clean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, cool, yeah. let's have a party just because we'll get the house together. But now we don't have parties anymore because, you know. Yeah. And then just low key, like, judge your friends who don't clean up before they leave. Wow. They're like, yeah, I got to go. They're like, you brought all this shit and it's a mess. P.S. Yeah. But you're just going to. Mo- OK. All right. And see you there. Well, all right. And then you have like that new friend who's like, let me help you clean up. You're like, I never expected you to be. Wow. Yeah. I love you now. The one time Miles came to my house, he and Anna both were like 
hung around and cleaned up after. And oh yeah, well yeah, that was that was immigrant kid Sarah's nerves. favorite favorite person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we were just like, I'm sorry, man, I can't let this. Uh, <laughs> our mother's voices are ripping <laughs> through our heads right now. There's no way yeah. I could leave uh, watching someone else clean. Yeah, <laughs> and me and my wife just watched you. We we're just like, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, there's a little a uh, little bit over there in the corner. Why don't you, yeah, uh, <laughs> but you're gesturing to the bathroom. They're like, yeah, yeah. Someone made a mess in there. If you don't mind, this becomes <laughs> a little bit easier when you have kids. If the other people have kids, because then you just call it a play date. But it just means right. like your kids are running around chasing each other while you sit back. But that is also a pretense, right? That uh, they have to have kids, which is yeah. limiting. And I say, Jack, let's have a play date. And you're like, get a kid. <laughs> get a kid, bro. <laughs> and you're like, all right, give me 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk news. And we're back and things are continuing to develop in Congress. The reaction to Nancy Pelosi's decision to decouple the infrastructure bill and the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill has ramped up. People are predictably not psyched. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it <laughs> it's like it started off just being like, yeah, maybe we'll vote on them separately. That just, again, was not going to fly with the progressive caucus. She tried to then sort of disingenuously suggest that, like, well, we got to do the bipartisan bill first. Like, we got to do it, like, way quicker because it might jeopardize highway funding. That wasn't true. And just, like, a very weird thing to say. And I think a lot of progressives felt that they were going to do the same thing that's been happening for many years with the progressive caucus, which is they have real concerns. They try and exert some leverage but they won't have enough votes to do it. Nancy Pelosi will then be like, yeah, 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 yeah. More on that later. Wave them out of the room and deliver a very watered down bill that like a lot of activists and progressives are like, this fucking misses the whole point. Like you just did this to pat yourself on the back. Like we actually need to change things fundamentally. And every time we get to a point to do this, we get tossed aside and then it's in service of a larger corporate agenda. And this is, you know, they feel that that's happening again. And this time, things are just very different. There's possibly possibly up to 34 Democrats that will tank the bipartisan bill because, the, the you know, as we record, they're scheduled to vote on this today. And if that were to happen, I don't see how that passes without those votes, because there's only a three vote margin that the Democrats have. And then if you even get uh, some Republicans who want the bipartisan sticker on their report card for the midterms, which is what all these other centrists want, it's going to it's still going to be really difficult. And I just want to say, like, again, there's a reason why they're putting up such a big fight over this three point five trillion dollar build back better, whatever big baller yeah. brand act thing. That Alliteration is very important when it comes to policy, yeah. rather than just saying, like, very clearly, the thing that will make your life easier. It's things like paid family leave, expanded child tax credits, universal pre-K free community college, expanding Medicare to cover vision and dental, like actual, you know, a legit effort to try and combat climate change. This is why, like, you know, progressives like, yeah, this is the version that really needs to go. 
Like, okay. we'll help you get how this are you going to pay for that? Come on. Okay. Yeah. How are we going to pay for that? Here's how we're going to pay for that. Cause you want more, he wants some more change. This is what it, this is what it could be. Closing tax loopholes for private equity managers and wealth, wealthy heirs, increasing the corporate tax rate, raising the top individual tax rate, imposing a 3% surtax on income over $5 million, increasing better tax enforcement with the IRS to go after fucking people who've just been letting money blow in the wind. And allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices. And we already saw that last bit, what corporate Democrats were doing, saying like, oh, yeah, I'm against this because, well, hold on. Let me let me let the lobbyists tell me what I'm why. I say this. <laughs> All right. Because it will stifle private sector innovation yeah. and they will. make. Oh, you had a you had an answer for that. I, I usually just say, how are you pay for it? And uh, that's <laughs> oh, the yeah. end of the conversation. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. This is the whole platform. And that's why this is so important, like because progressives are like, you can't keep doing this thing where you promise people a bunch of shit in the in the pursuit of office and then not deliver or deliver a fraction of it. Right. And this is what they're holding out for. And yeah, I I feel for these people in the progressive caucus because it's a fucking hard job. You are having to be very strategic because, you know, at this point, you will. This is this is one of the few chances that we have a, a bill that actually looks like progress in any kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And Kirsten Cinema is just getting absolutely rained on with corporate dollars right now. Like there's yeah. is it so with without them, they can't do the bipartisan. We should stop calling it bipartisan. The Republican, like, yeah. you know, mangled version. So like who is saying no to like other than republicans who is saying no to the actual like build back better big baller brand well the whole thing is because they have to pass it through reconciliation in the senate and which means cinema and mansion need to get on board mm -hmm. but they keep doing stuff like to your point with kirsten cinema she just threw a huge fundraiser with like some of the biggest business lobbying groups paying for it it was like almost six grand a seat type fundraising dinner in and at the place at the place she's like i'm against raising taxes and a lot of the stuff that you asked the how will they pay for it part she was against a lot of that stuff in this room full of wealthy you know the in the wealthy business class right and she's not really clear on what she wants to do joe manchin again who's like the boy made of coal there's no <laughs> way to understand what his math is as because i mean he's he is a fossil fuel like byproduct. So how could he get on board with climate change stuff? Right. But there's a lot of this stuff in this that is pulls really strongly in West. Yeah, Virginia. I was just gonna say this is all so popular. Like yeah. closing tax loopholes for private equity managers. Like who is like I'm sure they're gonna have to change the focus here, but like these are great answers to the question of how are you gonna pay for it is we're yeah. gonna tax rich people and not in a way that like we're we're going to make them pay taxes and like yeah. close loopholes <laughs> like, <Period. laughs> like you do we're gonna make them play by the same rules as you yeah uh, you know how you look huh. at your paycheck and go fuck man if those taxes weren't in there i'd fucking be loving this shit yeah well <laughs> guess who guess who does that all the time billionaires they don't do it and they look at their checks like ha, 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 i ain't paying right. that shit yeah and it's it's a really interesting dynamic because i think mansion and cinema are finding themselves at a point where these policies are wildly popular, but mm -hmm. they are way too entrenched in the corporate wing of the Democratic Party to begin to turn on their 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 masters, you know, that they are unable to because 
the things that we're saying, we're like, yeah, this is great for everybody, except the people with the most money who spend the most money trying to influence Congress. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing people like, what is this? This doesn't make sense. Like, this is wildly popular. Yet you're saying no. Yeah. A little frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Let's move over to the world of tech because I'm tired of being frustrated. Uh, I'm ready for <laughs> some strong, timely, swift, swift maneuvers. <laughs> and therefore, I want to talk YouTube because they, you know, right on cue uh, about QAnon. Almost, yeah, right on QAnon. <laughs> three years late, YouTube announced a ban on vaccine misinformation. Uh, and the termination of the accounts of several, you know, prominent anti-vaccine influencers, including Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who seems to be the one that, like, the uses his name to, like, pull people who are on the edge or, like, on the border between anti-vaxxer and, you know, just have questions over to the anti-vax side. But, yeah, the new policy was crafted as the company began to see False claims about COVID-19 vaccines spill over into misinformation about vaccines in general. Uh-oh. What? According to a company blog post. Yeah. I mean, this feels, like, again, like years too late. Many years. And I think the increased scrutiny around vaccine and COVID misinformation in the last, you know, 19, 20 months finally got them to act. They're, the company, they say, quote, we're now at a point where it's more important than ever to expand the work we started with COVID-19 to other vaccines. And you're like, yeah, this is this is so late. This is always and they've always had a quote unquote policy against COVID misinformation, but it didn't seem very effective because half the time I felt like people were like reposting terrible YouTube links with some nonsense in it. And, and their, thesis, their thesis here seems to be that because COVID misinformation is spilling over to misinformation about other that's the vaccines. Point. That's the breaking point. Like, even though we're in the middle of a fucking like global pandemic that's killing, you know, millions of people like I. I well, and the anti-vaccine movement started years ago, and that's they already had a very strong platform to right. start with with COVID. So it's like <laughs> it's not that it's Spilling over to other vaccines, uh, this our existing thing spilled over to a pandemic and it got <laughs> right. bigger because everyone has to care. Right. They're right. just misdiagnosing <laughs> it completely. They're like, no, 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 that already has been. Ha yeah, what? <laughs> you're now you're worried about the thing. I mean, now that Nazism is on the rise, we're thinking about like, you're just figuring that out now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it right? seems like completely out of order. And, you know, th they had this like, you know, specific policy. But now. They want to just make sure that it's like all kinds of content, that stuff saying that falsely claims approved vaccines are dangerous or ineffective or even like medical treatments that aren't properly that have not been approved to, you know, take that kind of shit off. And, the, you know, and also the stuff that vaccines can cause autism or cancer. And sadly, I the anti-vaxxers may have already gotten what they want because they are very good at shape shifting on the Internet to like dodge moderation and use different hashtags or language to like escape the very intelligent algorithms. And, you know, the whole their whole point was they wanted to weaponize the covid vaccine fear to get more people to question all vaccines, you know. Yeah. And there's this researcher 
Renee DeResta, who leads the research on anti-vax disinformation at the Stanford Internet Observatory, she said, quote, anti-vaccine activists have been very vocal about the fact that they saw COVID as an opportunity to undermine confidence in the childhood vaccine schedule. Seeing YouTube take this action is reflective of the fact that it seems to be aware that that tactic and dynamic was beginning to really take shape. Now we're on a precipice, basically saying that like the approval for COVID vaccines for like young kids like coming in the next few weeks would just open the floodgates to even more wild shit to to get parents like very fearful and says, quote, it is going to be an absolute nightmare. The plan from day one has always been to use those stories to undermine confidence in vaccines more generally. I mean, that OK, that makes sense that they're doing this now. But there, there was other articles like super producer uh, DJ Dramos put an article that was talking, it was a bunch of healthcare experts talking about the concern that this was going, that they were seeing vaccination levels drop in like across the board and ju- not just COVID st- things, but they were seeing like children's vaccinations uh, drop off. And in the article, they were claiming that it was just based on people being less likely to want to go to the hospital because of the pandemic. But this, makes more sense because i mean those diseases are a lot of the times way more dangerous to children yeah and so they're endangering children in a in a very real way right unbeknownst to them it's like the re- all that false sense of safety was because people were vaccinated and then that these are actual diseases that affect children very acutely that, uh, you know, a lot of people are very worried about, like, these smaller outbreaks happening of, like, fully preventable ad- diseases that we've been trying to eradicate through vaccination. Yeah, cool. That's good that that's their stated strategy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, they're, they're community building, you know. We are <laughs> headed for just an absolute shitstorm once, uh, you know, the FDA approves vaccines for five to 12 year olds because you know that's that's still like i know a lot of parents who are like you know got the vaccine themselves but are on a on some wait and see shit about children's vaccines or this vaccine in particular for children and you know i think parents are more likely to be extremely cautious and verging on paranoid when it comes to the health of their children. But yeah, I think it's going to be a real shit show. So it's good that they're doing something at least. Well, I think that's why it's particularly insidious to have this be your, your mechanism to create more vaccine hesitancy is like, you know, already that parents would do anything to keep their kids safe, fucking anything, most healthy parents. And to then capitalize on that fear and distort reality to the point where they're even questioning what a, their pediatrician would suggest for the livelihood of their child is like, it's it's fucking terrible. And it, and for all the people who would wait and see, man, there's so many fucking articles about these wait and see people who are being like, don't wait and see. Like we waited and found out. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the right move at all. And we're like, like, you know, people are talking about like, we got the vaccination like the second my dad flatlined like in the in the ICU, like because yeah. we knew like we were stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, even with and it's wild, though, too, how, you know, there are, there are 
there are children, unfortunately, who are succumbing to the, the virus and even like young, like teenagers and things like that. But it's I'm not sure how much of that is like being reported because it seems like you get more of these like morbid, like deathbed stories from like ant like like really out in the open anti-vax people who are now regretting it versus like really showing like the actual pain that is caused by family when they lose like a younger loved one. Yeah. I think people generally like don't want to see children yeah. hurt like on the news. So, but I mean, it's when that is the subject that is being determined, like you need to take a fucking look, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the wait and see thing is, yeah, that that's a, that's a thing I've heard a lot of parents like ask doctors about and you know, there, there's very good, like look into it, not from, not on Facebook, but look at like actual scientific research on it. Yes, they were able to get this uh, approved faster than any vaccine before, but it was because so many people were working on it because it was a fucking global pandemic and they're really good at their jobs. And, right. it is... and the technology date dates back for like over a decade, I think. Right. Yes, at least the actual mRNA yeah. technology or whatever. Yeah. So it's like I know it's a fast vaccine, but it was really they had something existing that they just had to spend a year customizing for this yeah. virus instead of like we started from scratch and it only took us a year. That's not and what happened. <laughs> it's and it's wild too. Like even you know I have family who's vax hezy, and when I talk to them as I work on them to come around to what's happening it's interesting how much they are taking just a headline and not really interested in anything else like my one relative was like well aren't you worried about like really set this thing that we tell the time like well what about your genetic like your dna aren't you worried that it's like it's like a it's like a a genetic thing that it's not going to change i'm like that's not what this is it's not altering your DNA, it's in fact, it's, it's messenger RNA. It's telling your immune system to create a very specific and just explaining things like that. They're like, oh, and I'm like, so yeah, like that's, I'm a little worried that you thought that's what was happening because just because the word RNA was in it. I'm like, do you even, I mean, I didn't want to be like, do you know what RNA is? But uh, just to say, I, mean, like, I didn't until this. <laughs> right, right, right. But just to slightly just hear, I, I really, before I would take a very heavy hand and just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. And the more I'm just like, no, you know what? I just need to take this as if someone is telling me they have like a bad opinion on music. <laughs> Right. Okay, so what do you believe is the best album of all time? Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you about that really quick and what's going on here. And that seemed to actually give them a little bit more, like give them a reason to actually read something. Yeah. They were like, oh, I thought it was this. I'm like, no, not at all. And like, I, I can, I'll send you some stuff to look at. It's very, you know, like USA Today type stuff. No agenda just yeah. to read it. And that seemed to help thaw things a little bit or at least begin a process where it was more open to discussing what their own misgivings or ideas that they had around it or how that could change. That sounds nice. I guess that's been the most frustrating to me is that people keep saying, well, I'm going to, I have to do my research and I'm like waiting for you to do the research. Cause if you Let's did, right now. you would right find now. a lot of good information that, that it's fine. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And yeah. as if people that got the vaccine didn't also look some shit up before they <laughs> got their shots. I mean, right. I don't know. I'd be like, would you prefer that the person who created the vaccine checked, like, learned everything from YouTube? Would that make you feel comfortable? That's if more I said comfortable? that? Yeah, well, I don't well, know. Well, maybe. No agenda there. 
I just think it's funny that you think USA Today doesn't have a agenda, agenda, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> you know they're owned by somebody, Miles. You yeah. gotta follow the money or whatever. Follow right. the money. Look at the uh, colorful pie chart. Big ink. You will. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Big ink. <laughs> Big color ink. The full color. <laughs> Isn't it always full color USA Today? It's I think like the Epson, front page. Big is Epson right. printer or something. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and I want to talk about Amazon, Amazon Company Woo! Towns, baby. Daddy, uh, Amazon. Just uh, try not to open up your Zillow, your Redfin's uh, immediately, and start looking for uh, real estate inside an Amazon Company Town. While we do this story, I know it's going to be tempting, <laughs> but Bloomberg heralded how the promise of Amazon factory towns in a recent article will lift the working class, offering a solution to inequality, presumably because it was written by a stack of Amazon smiles in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> there are communities that are basically already sprouting up around Amazon fulfillment centers, and Amazon is like, we will make them more livable for the working class. These types of towns are what the future of the working class is like. Uh, those are actually direct quotes from that Bloomberg That's the most article. Fun. That right. That's frightening to hear an Amazon take on it. This is the future of the working class. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> so, okay, time to get organized. This is the past of the working class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, to pretend that this is a fresh new idea is like next level corporate gaslighting. But so first of all, we can take a look at this already because Amazon's basically already unofficially doing this. And the results are pretty unnerving. So in California's Inland Empire, that you know that that's an area that is full of Amazon fulfillment centers, and the company has been reshaping the surrounding community. For example, at a high school in San Bernardino, students can take classes in the quote Amazon Logistics and Biz Business Management Pathways Career Track. Oh, that's not like a single extracurricular activity. That is a like learning philosophy that like follows you. Teenage students on this career track get to wear golf shirts with the Amazon logo or are, are forced to, which also appears on a banner in the classroom. Lessons involve learning Amazon's 14 leadership principles and taking field trips to Amazon warehouses, which is basically the box factory field trip from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> but... An Amazon spokesperson proudly bragged that the goal here is to make sure that these kids just go to work for Amazon and never leave. Mm. This sounds weirdly like an ROTC program. Like they're right. full of propaganda everywhere. Wear a uniform. <laughs> yeah, you, there's yeah. a uniform. It's weird. Right. And I, I feel like my mind immediately went to cult, but to call it cult-like is a little unfair to cults because cults typically... <laughs> yeah aren't able to buy their way into high school curriculums. Good mm. point. Yeah. So in this uh, quote about the San Bernardino program from a New York Times article, the students, instead of being educated here and trying to find, uh, this is a quote from that spokesperson, the students, instead of being educated here and trying to find a job in the LA market or somewhere else, they can be educated here and remain here. Mm. And then they're uh, unsurprisingly paying way less in More? taxes than the city was oh. hoping 
for when they opened up all these factories and f- fulfillment centers there, which is a problem because there's a lot of wear and tear on roads with so many Amazon vehicles leaving from here and with so many people at the Amazon site being treated like shit, it generates a lot of calls to police and emergency services for worker injuries and just, you know, fender benders and things that happen when there's a bunch of people together. There, There's a Business Insider article that's basically parroting the Bloomberg piece, but added that the historical precedent of factory towns suggests that Amazon's 21st century parallel will, quote, improve work for millions of Americans, which is so confusing because... Are they unaware of the history of factory towns? Like, I think they're just counting on people being unaware of the... Like, their readers being unaware of that? They're right. I mean, most people have no historical context for anything. And I get that this is pretty specific to know, like, labor history or factory towns. But in general, you don't want to be like, hey, wouldn't you want to live in a place where your boss controlled fucking everything? Yeah. Yeah, Horrible. And also, wasn't the South Park episode specifically like ever all of this? <laughs> wasn't this? Oh, probably. Yeah. Fairly it, it really feels very like Black Mirror. I know I say that a lot, but that's just because the world is turning into various episodes of Black Mirror. I think it feels Orwellian. Nice. Or Kafka esque, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Kafka esque. <laughs> so, it, just to give our listeners, in case you're not familiar with Factory Town, specifically Factory Town's built to house and contain the working class part of a company. Because I feel like the the closest thing we've had that was like highly publicized in recent years was Disney's factory town, which was called Celebration. And it was more like a suburb, like a subdivision that was just designed by Disney for like their high level, like employees for the most part. Whereas this has more in common with these factory towns that sprung up following the Industrial Revolution, which basically just further exerted companies' grips over the population, often amounted to glorified prison camps. And those are quotes from Smithsonian.mag, that hyper-left-wing communist manifesto. (laughs) So let's talk about Pullman, Illinois, is a company town built by sleeping car, uh, like railroad car magnate George Pullman in 1880. He was like the Elon Musk of his time and that like the thing he built was kind of seen as cool. Like when railroads were becoming a thing, he had these cars that you could sleep in that were like super luxurious and like associated with like cool shit. Like people like aspired. Yeah, they were chic and people aspired to like ride in them. So and he was, you know, this sort of celebrity tycoon. And so he built this community to prevent labor unrest and people could only rent their homes. Uh, No one was allowed to buy them, meaning Mm -hmm. workers could be evicted on short notice and were subjected to random inspections. Pullman banned bars and town meetings because that would be too much communication between the workers. It will get organized. And his influence even extended to adding which books were in the library and which shows the local theater performed. Then, you know, he was known like publicly for paying people okay at first, like maybe even better than other manufacturers of rail cars. But then once he got people in this like captive state, he lowered their wages, but he didn't lower their rent. 
uh, which led to, uh, yeah, so this led to a strike, which ended when the U.S. Cavalry was sent in and several dozen citizens were shot dead. So this formerly beloved tycoon, when he died, they had to bury his coffin under layers of concrete so no one would desecrate his body because of the shit he tried with his factory town. There are other famous company town massacres in which striking workers were evicted from their homes and murdered by cops and militias. Uh, there's one in Ludlow, Colorado, and Kohler, Wisconsin, where it was... But our Kohler, beloved toilets. I know. So Kohler, <laughs> Kohler was a plumbing fixture factory that opened in 1900. They immediately started making like just buckets and buckets of money. So they started building houses for couples and dorms for single men who worked there. Uh, finance schools, had pension plan, paid well. And then when the depression hit, the employees tried to strike because they lowered their wages. And Kohler responded by arming deputies like their own private police force with machine guns. Uh, and then there was predictably a clash and 40 strikers were shot and right. two were killed. And but don't I mean, but here's the thing. And I don't want anyone to think that that's going to happen in an Amazon town. Uh, obviously, we'll just be monitoring your every step with our technologically advanced dormitories that will know if you're lying, if you're calling in sick and then we'll deduct your pay that way. And we'll know if you're talking bad about us, but it'll be great. It's going right. to elevate the working. Life. You're going to love it because it's yeah. going to be a, an easy. It'll be really affordable. Just don't just forget about the other like rights that you might have. Do you think yeah. their houses have bathrooms or do they just come with a bunch of water bottles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the thing to like keep in mind. Like Facebook and Google are also trying this, but they're, I think, mostly focusing on like the people who work on their like already like extravagantly, you know, really nice campuses. And, you know, it's more for the people who are already extremely well compensated. They're trying to build like little luxury communities like Disney did, which, by the way, the Disney thing didn't like end well by any means. Disney ended up selling it after there were like a bunch of murders in Celebration, Florida. Uh -huh. There's, somebody should make a movie about Celebration, Florida, for sure. Yeah. What murders? All right. Yeah. I'm new in my search history. For today. instance, a grizzly axe one <laughs> a grizzly axe murder of that varietal. Oh, but oh wow. Just as, as you mentioned, though, I mean, the Amazon thing is so concerning because this is a company that is already exerting so much control over their, you know, lower income employees lives that they have to piss in water bottles. They're being constantly monitored like reality show contestants. They're so stressed that they had to build these things called Amazon booths, mm. uh, which are basically say. upright coffins where you can cry in peace for five minutes. They, they have little, uh, videos that you watch while you're in there uh, i do love that it's five minutes like the that's wow. yeah, yeah, hey, hey, enough hey in there. let's go let's go let's go they feature easy to follow well-being activities in the little cry coffins including guided meditations positive affirmations calming scenes with sounds like i just imagine like going from your brutal like just nervous breakdown causing job at Amazon to then going into like a weird like like suspension like that the booths that the astronauts from aliens are exist in when they're in suspended animation and being like having space a, marines yeah having a computer be like you're great 
You are doing wonderful. Yeah. Oh my you God. are happy. You are complete. You are respected. You are not a political prisoner. <laughs> yeah. This is not a labor camp. You like Jeff Bezos. Do you think Amazon eventually is going to try to rebrand as like amazing or something like that? Because like the Amazon name become. I just feel like this. I feel like they're going to have rebrand at some point because yeah. the, the tide is like people are slow. Like they're like, I don't know. It's this fucking thing that I use to sometimes get shit quickly or watch a TV show on. But there's this untold human suffering behind it. And they're on their way to like, like you're saying, indoctrinating kids from high school to be like, don't question that. Like, we love you. Like your family work, your father worked here. Your father's father worked here. Your father's father's father worked here. And why would you, you know, why would you eliminate that bond? And like you're saying, uh, Diana, about like ROTC, like I could, I could see in some fucked up, bizarre future where people are like, no, man, like we're an Amazon family. Yes. Like we're a military family. Yeah, I totally would see that. They're like, look, I'm going to hand down to you my golf shirt with the Amazon logo. Right. Right. Because it happens like, you know, (laughs) right. This is your (laughs) grandfather's dry fit polo shirt. And this can be yours now. Right. And I don't know. I mean, like, it's the same thing. Like when you go to places like in when in Michigan, when cars were being manufactured there much more regularly in a, in an intense fashion, there were people like generational employees of like Chevy or, right. you know, Cadillac or something like that. And that made sense because in that place you lived, this was a place that offered your family stability or upward mobility. Then obviously things changed as uh, the nature of corporate profits changed. But I think, you know, I can see this, but in just a much darker version, because it's not just more like, oh, Amazon provided us like an opportunity to do more. It's like Amazon was the only fucking thing I could do. And to not do it meant like nearly certain death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Amazon and company towns and uh, car manufacturing, there's the story of Fordlandia that people can Google themselves, with, which is when Henry Ford built a town in the Amazon rainforest in Brazil and there was a revolt and the people who worked there cut the cut the telegraph lines it was like all right we're not stuck in here with you you're stuck in here with us motherfuckers yes (laughs) amazing where are those Uh, man we need we need like horror shit like that you know what I mean we're like billionaires like they think they're getting one over and then like the working class people turn into a massacre (laughs) Is that like the purge kind of? Well, the purge, I feel like you can project too much shit onto it. Like from whatever, you know, like, like I think like Fordlandia, like if you just a few tweaks and you're like, oh my God, like don't be the greedy capitalist who tries to exploit a bunch of people. Cause the lesson there is like, you're just going to cut the bottoms of your feet off. Yeah. That sounds painful. All right. Let's check in with uh, Halloween candy trends uh, Mm. off of that. Yeah, a light shift of gears, let's, a light. as we're known to do on this show. <laughs> let's down Go from capitalist dystopia to Candyland. Yeah, where's the it's candy fan company year. town? I might live there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Just go work for Nestle. Oh, boy. Because yeah. <laughs> they're the one company that's like, we have water for our employees. That's true. They they will they will have all the water. Because so. we own it all. But Zipia is like this job site who does like, you know, they... they pretty regularly put together like these maps based on their research of like certain trends and they've they do one every year with halloween candy sometimes we follow it i think most of the time we do just because it's interesting to see the way they get to this their methodology 
is that they sort of put together a list of like 50 top candies, like like whether they're really popular or really well known because people fucking hate them. And then from there, compare what the like Google search traffic is based on a state. So if one is trending highest of all those 50, they're like, okay, so that seems to be the one that's very popular in this state. Given, But it's like comparative, right? Like it could be that Snickers is the number one search in all of these towns, but it's just not comparatively more popular in one town than the other, I feel like is the yeah, statistical Yeah, I mean, it's, that's why it's not exact. So it's just more right. like, here's a feeling of yeah. what's happening. <laughs> right. And I think the top line sort of thing is they're saying that more than 28 states prefer chocolate candies, 22 preferred gummies, or the thing that is, I'm really worried about is in Colorado, they love black licorice and Oklahoma, they love circus peanuts. Oh, I've, that's cool. Black licorice, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't. But yeah, no, that's a no. It's that anise flavor that I yes. just do not. I don't like it. I don't like it. I like caraway seeds. You know, I fuck with rye bread here and there. But don't make me eat black licorice, please. I think you mispronounced anise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jack, that anise flavor. is. I just can't get around. <laughs> um. They, I didn't realize they border one another. So maybe, maybe that's what's, uh, what's going on. There's just a. What is a circuit? I always see it looks like packing peanuts and that are like blue and pink. And I'm like, that's not. A, I remember just being a kid, being like, that's not candy. That's for, that's like, I fucked candy. with it when I was a kid. It was, uh, are they, are they marshmallow? Are they like nougat or something? Yeah. They're marshmallow. They're basically very cheaply produced orange marshmallows that by being the color orange, and being named peanuts, I feel like that is the only thing that is giving them any flavor other than sugar. But it mm. like because you're going in with the expectation of a peanutty, orangey flavor, they skate on that, on just being basically sugar packing material. Mm. I see. Gross. I, I'm looking at the other ones. California's most popular is Jolly Rancher hard candy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that actually, I feel like that, Reminds me of the, all the candy. Like, I would get a lot of those growing up, mm-hmm. and I hated them because the green apple ones taste like fucking gasoline. Um, <laughs> Miles, you could have given me all your green apples. That's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, it is? Well, I look, I'll go to my mom's house. I think her garage, I still got them from 92, so I'll, I'll find them your way. <laughs> your favorite flavor of everything or just uh, Jolly Ranchers? Jolly Ranchers, really. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why, but they're well, just... Dude, what about watermelon? Jolly Rancher. Watermelon's is good as hell. Wow. Like Again, another one. I'm like straight gasoline. You don't like a watermelon? So, it's so artificial to me. I'm also just, I think in general as a kid, I only thought chocolate was the thing worth having. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I just didn't. I was like, whatever. Like Skittles are cool. They're sugar. But like, give me that fucking chocolate. That's, that's what I'm fucking here for. Yeah. Uh, shout out. Shout out to Illinois. They love airheads over there. Yeah, that's such an interesting one that brought me back. Airheads is like a spe- like every now and then you'd be in a gas station and be like, let me spend 25 cents on one airhead and Mystery just flavor. it. And it's like a perfect thing where you like takes you back to childhood and that's it. I don't need any yeah. more airheads in that. Pulls out all your fillings. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, wow. all your whole mouth starts hurting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is a biased chart, by the way, because they're counting Tootsie Pop as a chocolate, which seems kind of mm. questionable to me. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly it, fruit, and then it becomes chocolate. Yeah, but the end. Uh-huh. I feel like well, if it's just yeah, tootsie exactly. rolls it's not a tootsie even roll. aren't really. Yeah, that's yeah. different. 
And even Tootsie Rolls aren't real chocolate, right? They're like no. chewy chocolate no. flavored whatever. It's, like it's an abomination. Not yeah. nougat, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's another one that I would be... Re- you know when they would have the giant Tootsie Roll? Like the one that's almost candy bar size? Yeah. For whatever reason, I was like, oh, this one's going to taste like chocolate. And I'm like, <laughs> right. no, it's just a big fucking <laughs> taffy turd that looks like chocolate. Yeah, Tootsie Rolls have like zero chocolate content. I think they're just brown. <laughs> Going by the logic of this chart where it's like, I'm more into this candy than it seems like other people are. Where, where would you fall on on that? What's your like kind of secret guilty, guilty pledge as Mm. nobody says ever. I mean, the peanut butter chocolate combo, I think for me is, is all will always be Halloween for some reason. I didn't know they made peanut butter chocolate combos. No, not the, the chips. I mean, should. I hope they're combos. I'm, t- I'm saying that's actually a fucking brilliant idea. Uh, wow. Chocolate-covered pretzels with peanut. Come on. Hell yeah. Jack, go fucking market that shit. Go make that shit right now in your garage. Bring <laughs> some back it. for the class. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm definitely a Reese's peanut butter, Reese's Pieces, because also E.T., Reese's Pieces. Wow, Reese's Pieces isn't it? Uh, like Reese's peanut butter cups is like every. I think that's like probably the most favorite candy in the world. I would assume <laughs> in America at the very least. Uh, oh, but Reese's me. Pieces, a lot of people do not fuck with Reese's Pieces. What? Yeah. Have you had peanut butter M and M's? Yeah, those are good too. But I think they're superior because they're bigger. They have more peanut butter in them. Mm. More. I, well, I. I should do a taste test because when I go to the movies, I will house a bag of Reese's Pieces and go oh and God. just like go and have like so much sugar. I just go to diabetic just shock. Be vibrating above your chair. Just oh, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and like these other twiz- these new Twizzlers that I got the last time I was there. This was like maybe five, 15 years ago whenever the last time I was in a movie theater. But mm-hmm. there are some new Twizzler joints that were so good. Ooh. I couldn't believe it. And what they weren't was just like special about them? They were like, I like sour Black and tasted like anus. <laughs> <laughs> they were like a pull and peel sort of oh, okay. I, kind yeah, of yeah. like other. Can- I don't know. I got to I got to look again. It's, there's so many. I'm so behind with my candies. I have seen that pull and peel, though. Yeah. What about you, Diana? What's your where do you land on here? What's your home state? Me is Georgia. So Skittles. But what right. would your like Skittles? Yeah. But for you, I mean, if you had to pick if let's say you had to pick a state because that was your. The candy. Oh, where because you that was headed. My candy. Yeah. Do you see your fa- is your favorite candy on here, or are you are we are you sort of an outlier? No, because peanut butter M and M's are my favorite. I at, during the pandemic, I actually had to stop eating them because I would get like party size bags, like yeah. that's meant for a party, and I would eat them all by myself in like two days. It was way too much sugar. It was horrible. Oh, shit. Okay, would, so you you'd be up in Indiana. That looks like where peanut M and M's. Are yeah. That's peanut M and M's, not peanut butter M and M's. It's slightly oh, different. But that's what I was like. Would I fall more into the Reese's cups because of the peanut butter, or would mm-hmm. I go peanut M and M's because of the M and M itself? Like, which more yeah. important, the delivery <laughs> system or, <laughs> or the flavor? I developed a real uh, peanut M and M's problem during the pandemic. It was bad. Did it you? Was, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The the party size that that really rang true with me. I was. What's a party size bag look like? It's like a backpack. It's, <laughs> it's, it's I mean, it's probably one pound. It's a, the Donner Party size. <laughs> yes. So you, you're like, it comes on a Conestoga wagon. <laughs> it's a Costco size that they sell at Target for some reason. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's just like a bucket, basically, with a lid on it. 
Kind of. I don't think it is five pounds. It's, right, right, right. I, I mean, it's a lot, though, Jack. I don't know if you remember, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's at least a pound of. It's not something you should be eating as a single, singular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> zips up. Yeah, the resealable. Yeah, thing. zips. Yeah. You got to keep it. Because that's their assumption is you're eating this over the course of a year. Here. And thus, you you we need to d- put a zip on it to keep it fresh. And uh, yeah. Do you know my my I'm logic? Sure one time, maybe two. <laughs> right. When I was in college, I and like I would just get so stoned and just I would do something like eat a whole bag of like party size M and M's. My fucking stupid logic at that time was, well, there's no way like they would just put this much unhealthy shit like. It can't be bad if I just eat this whole thing right now. Like, right. The, otherwise, they would serving. get in trouble because people would be dying, going down, eating all these things. And for whatever reason, that was my narrow logic. Like, and that's why it's okay that I right. ate this whole yeah. bag. I right remember now. being trusting <laughs> of regulations. <laughs> no way this entire handle of vodka can be bad for me because it's right. illegal, right? right. They, they'd get in trouble for selling it this much of it. Like that's what I kept saying to my head. They'd get in trouble. They'd get in trouble <laughs> if it was bad. That's like so that's amazing. I'm like, what the that's fuck? Beautiful. Whatever rationalization I could use to just desecrate my own body. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was like, well, it's a pandemic. It's tough times. You know, comfort yourself however you can. Yeah. Or and meanwhile, my stomach's like, um, we've had so much yellow number five or whatever die right. in here. Like you're giving me literally a tumor right now. Right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> So much yellow number five. Your digestive tract is doing a Louis Vega. Uh, <laughs> yellow number five. Yellow number five. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, my two thoughts here are, one, I don't see blow pops anywhere. I do love to just yeah. house a blow, just crunch into that shit and just, you know, treat it like a stick of gum. And then also, yeah, just what, what you were saying, Miles, the Reese's Pieces. My relationship with Reese's Pieces is so based on movies it's like man they really fucking nailed that product placement and then the fact that they're in every movie theater and i still remember like eating a big ass bag of them while seeing honey i shrunk the kids when i was like really isn't that so weird because my whole thing is i could see et's little fucked up hand touching the little reese's pieces it's weird when i put my hand in the bag of reese's pieces i have this weird like sense memory that I do a POV of my hand and it's E.T. touching the Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And then I eat them. <laughs> Thank you, Steven Spielberg. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. It makes sense, though, that they're popular Halloween candy because they're already orange-wrapped. Right. Reese's Pieces are already fall colors. I mean, it's like, if you're into decor, they, yeah. they do it all for you. Right. It's- and plus E.T., there's Halloween elements to that. It's just like... Exactly. Was oh, E.T. Man. just b- a big marketing vehicle for Reese's? Like, they conceived it? It was like a PSYOP of <laughs> Reese's? Build a movie around Reese's Pieces. Go. Right. I believe it started as uh, the, the original script had it as M&M's, and they went to Mars, and they were like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, kid. So they had to go with Reese's Pieces, and that's why we have Reese's Pieces today. Because Wow. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that became the thing where, like, by accident, people saw the power of the Reese's Pieces product placement, and that launched, you know, a thousand Dodge Chargers into uh, action movies. Right. Right. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that the whole deal was that Amblin made with her. She was like, 
we're not going to pay for anything to put in this movie. And then you got to do a million dollars worth of advertising. Oh, really? Yeah. To promote E.T. Wow. And you can use and you can use uh, E.T. in the ads. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that makes fucking deal. Yeah, that. that... Yeah, that's a good deal. I feel like we've been Mm. trying to get E.T. to guest on this podcast for a long time. I know. Fucking keeps blowing us off. Instead, we got Elliot coming on later. Oh, man, that kid was so cute. (laughs) Now that, like, (laughs) 50-year-old man. (laughs) How old is he now? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I never, I just rewatched E.T. at Tarantino's movie theater with my kid, and I hadn't seen it since I was a lot younger, and as a, as a parent, it just hit me. Back then, I was like, who's this dork? Fuck him. But, yeah, now, really, really great child performances in that movie yeah he's 50 now yeah yeah <laughs> time flies huh uh, i don't know why i'm like oh good he's still he's 13 <laughs> yeah, just a couple years older Did you than know? i remember elliot from et is 13 now <laughs> people are like whoa he looks so whoa. different <laughs> he looks like shit though <laughs> diana it's been such a pleasure having you uh on the podcast thanks for having me where can people find you and follow you i'm on twitter and instagram at dianamite boom and please listen to ridiculous romance the podcast i co-host with my husband yeah yeah and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying oh it was hard to it was hard to pick twitter's on fire (laughs) as usual (laughs) but i think since we talked about vaccines a lot today i'm gonna have to say mohanad Elshiki tweeted, please stop saying the vaccine doesn't have severe side effects. I took my shots and now I'm alive and have to keep working. <laughs> like true. Uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck it all. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Well, first, you can find me on the latest episode of Hood Politics. What? Uh, with my man Prop, yes. Yeah, and yeah. he had me on to talk about lobbying. So I got to talk about all kinds of things from my time as a lobbyist and my perspective and just trying to make it break it down easier for people to understand how like, what the nature of lobbying is, what it's really there to do and why it's a fucking evil thing. Uh, for the most part, obviously, there is good lobbying, too. But let's be real. Most of the kind we're hearing about now isn't great. Uh, so check out uh, Hood Politics to, to see that or to rather to hear that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other show, the 90 Day Fiance podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra. Check us out at twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance. A tweet that I like. I think I have two, actually. They're 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 just very, very wonderful tweets. Uh, the first one is from Tommy McNam at Tommy McNam tweeted, uh, starting my eulogy with my grandpa understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yep, it's a great one. And then this is just a very, very juvenile, childish tweet that I like at human underscore not underscore bees tweeted. We all dream of the great British road trip. And this person mapped out all these sort of points in the UK, like for this road trip. And it's all stuff like Shitterton, Ass Hill, Cock Alley, <laughs> Penis Stone, Cocker Mouth, Dick Place, Cock Bridge, and, and Twat. So there's all these. Uh, yes, I just laughed at that. And best believe I checked because I'm like, I don't want to get duped. And right. these are in fact real places. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and they are in fact a human and not bees. 
Because <laughs> I'm still suspicious about that one. They are actually bees. <laughs> They're definitely bees. <laughs> Couple tweets. I enjoyed Rebecca Weiser uh, tweeted, crazy that you can have a job where you are responsible for saving a human life or you can have a job where you need to send an email but don't. <laughs> and that hit hard wow. for me <laughs> because my wife, she comes home from a long day in the COVID tents. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I've been thinking about sending two emails all day. <laughs> uh, and then... Rub my feet. Andrew. <laughs> Please, I'm thinking about these emails. Oh, my God. Uh, we've been married long enough that just the idea that she would give me a foot rub is the funniest thing I can possibly imagine. <laughs> Andrew Nadeau tweeted... A horror movie, but the killer wears flip-flops, so there's an o- ominous thwip-thwip sound as he hunts you down, which I, I like. I always maybe, did that one. That's so funny. <laughs> maybe maybe we could pair it with the sheet mask. and Sheet mask, and they're wearing those flip-flops that they give you the nail salon when you get a pedicure. Yeah. They're so thin. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Self-care. I'm ready for the self-care. The self-care yeah. slasher. Yeah. <laughs> Self-care <slasher>, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorizing the spas. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes on our footnotes. Footnote. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we... Telling people to go check out. We're going to ride out uh, on this Thursday to Problems by St. Panther. St. Panther, I believe, is from Irvine, California. Shout out SoCal. Uh, and she's like a multi-instrumentalist singer, songwriter. So I'm, you know, I, I love people who are literate in all of the musical arts and making music. And this track is like a funky sort of new new age R&B track. It sounds like if Erica Badu was like a millennial or Gen Z kind of thing like her sort of deliveries is sort of in that way so it's familiar yet new so this is problems by saint panther awesome the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's going to do it for us this morning but we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending and we will talk to y'all then bye bye bye